The Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men. All right, people, welcome back to the Black Male Archives podcast. I am your host, Rodney Freeman, and we have with us Damon Mosley. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, sir, you were the author, all the author of this wonderful book here, which is called Smile for We. And I know it's kind of like my background is kind of blurring it out a little bit, but <laughs> you can kind of get the hint. When you see the guy smiling on the cover, it is called Smile for We. You uh, have some uh, publicity on this book. This is a wonderful book. Just Thank to you. see black men smiling, and I, I, I so I'm so appreciative that we got a chance to talk to you and see how you kind of came up with this concept and what the motivation was behind this. So, can you tell the people about your background and your story? Sure, sure. Um, I'm born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, still live here today. Uh, I went to high school in Virginia uh, to uh, a prep school called Woodbury Forest, uh, right outside of Charlottesville. Went mm. to college at Columbia University in New York City. Mm. Um, while I was in college, I kind of started my writing career by submitting freelance articles, to some of my favorite magazines. Uh, my first uh, article was published in Slam magazine, which was a basketball magazine, uh, mm. a big time hoops fan. Yeah. And uh, from there, you know, I kind of used some of my connections in that space. I switched over to cartoons and I had a comic mm. strip uh, called Mosley that was picked up for development by Universal Press Syndicate. Uh, we were never launched, but we were signed to development deal. And um, that's when I really realized that, okay, this writing thing, I think I need to stick with it. Yeah. So uh, got some interest from Hollywood, kind of turned that into an animated series and kind of did the Hollywood dance for a little while. And um, it was honestly during some of those experiences in Hollywood where I saw how difficult it was to, to really show black men in any other way mm. than negative. Like mm. if I wanted to do something negative, you know, I would be greenlit immediately. But if I wanted to do something positive, there'd be tons of obstacles and hurdles. And um, so fast forward to, uh, you know, I did some, uh, I worked on some different projects, uh, with some different producers out in Hollywood. And like I said, those experiences really, that it made me frustrated that I just really couldn't show what's the way I wanted to without some gatekeeper blocking me. So I said, let me just do something on my own. And I um, came up with the idea for Smile for We which is just showing us in a positive light, showing us is uh, how we really are, you know, sons, mm -hmm. fathers, business owners, you know, not just rappers and drug dealers like you see on TV. Yeah. And that book came out uh, about 30 days ago. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's amazing. And like I said, I, I've seen the, some of the press releases on it and the, um, the article that the, the news has done where, where, what, what, if I can ask you, because, you know, I think you and I, we're on the same vein with with our, our, our missions, right? You know, sure. we want to show black men in, in a positive light. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but why do we have to do this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's frustrating that we do have to do it. Right, because, exactly, uh, yeah. You know, no other group that I can think of uh, is, you know, I don't want to play the Struggle Olympics, right? But... Mm -hmm. We've just historically been so maligned, um, whether it be mass media, local media, even uh, political campaigns. You know, mm -hmm. we can go back to, you know, the, the Willie Horton campaign. Mm -hmm. but, you know, it, it's everyone uses us as the boogeyman, as yeah. the scapegoat. And um, 
to be honest, that's just not my, and I would imagine it's not your lived reality. Right. Like, do I know some bad cats? Of course, like there's bad people in every group, but mm-hmm. my circle is filled with amazing black men who inspire me and encourage me every day. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's the message, you know, if we were to ask everyone around us, like if you check your phone, how many bad people do you really have right. in your phone? Like today that you talk to today, you know, right. not, not many, not everybody's, you know, I love the wire. Right. But not everybody's yeah. on the block. Right. You know, most of us are in a cubicle. We right. worry about mortgages and gas prices like everybody else. Exactly. So I think we have to do that because of the, um, just the historical uh, stigma that's been attached to us over the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, okay, so so, how did you come up then? Why then show these black males and the black males that you selected? Why why was this important to, to um, show them smiling and then select the ones that you did? Well, I wanted to show us smiling uh, because a lot of times in this, it, it's a man thing in general, but I think it's a black man thing in mm-hmm. you know specifically. It's just that we have to be so tough to fight these obstacles, we have to be so hard. And to, to me, that denies part of our humanity. Like that just cuts off half of who we can be. You know, we can't be vulnerable. We can't relax. We can't really ever unball our fist and just enjoy life. But, you know, when I'm with my friends, and again, I'm sure when you're with your friends, we laugh, we smile, like it's so free. And I'm like, this is the side of us that never gets seen. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, why I wanted to show us smiling. As far as the guys who were in the book, I chose those guys, um, People that I've known, some of the guys I've known for over 20, 30 years, but some of the guys I met out on location. Mm-hmm. Like there's, a, there's a gentleman who I was at my eye doctor's mm-hmm. and he was in the lobby and we just, you know, we struck up a conversation and he was just so positive. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pitch him here on the spot. So I asked him if he'd like to be involved, explain what I was trying to do. We exchanged information. I was at his house the next day, just, you know, yeah. taking pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And in. What what do you hope for 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 this book to 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 convey? I mean, besides what we we've talked about, what else do you hope for this book to convey to well, people who pick it up? I want to, besides just changing or regaining control of our ethnic image, right? Like, I want mm-hmm. black men to be in control of how we're portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't often occupy um, powerful positions in the media to where we mm-hmm. can control that. So this is just my humble attempt at controlling our brand. And even rebranding us in a different way. But I also want to um, I want to inspire us to really see ourselves differently. Of course, I want others to see us differently, but I want black men to see ourselves differently. I think too often we don't even we've actually internalized some of those negativity, some of Mm -hmm. those negative stigmas. We internalize that. We see each other that way. So I want to invite us to look at each other differently. I want to invite others to the conversation about looking at us differently and. An unexpected um, benefit from this book is that I've had some conversations with people in corporate America mm. about using the book as a training tool for the diversity and inclusion space. Yeah. Now, if I can penetrate that, I didn't. Ex- that wasn't my initial goal, but it's something that fell into my lap that I'd like to explore. Yeah. So, um, but just in terms of the content that we even consume, whether it be mm. movies, TV, music, I want to inspire us to consume and even create content that is just more positive about black men because yeah. i think too often you know some of these shows i won't name them because i think you know they're, they're they're made by some really talented people and they're well done but i'm not so sure it's healthy yeah for us as a community if we keep consuming these images about black men yeah 
Yeah, yeah. You know that brings brings me to a a topic that um, I know is kind of close to home of the uh, young gentleman who was uh, running away um, um, and was shot sixty times, which is kind of close to where you're from. It's in my home state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. And I, I'm I'm bringing this up because I feel like one of the things that I thought about is that if maybe people, maybe people who were on the police force, maybe people who didn't look like us saw us as humans, then maybe things like this wouldn't wouldn't happen. Yes. Can yes. you can you can you tell me that or can you speak to why? I, it I don't know just. I'm at a loss of words, but can you speak to basically why this is just so important for, for other cultures to see us in in a different light too? 100%. Um, That was, I kind of gave you the background, um, like 30,000 foot view of like what inspired me, but if I can get, you know, if I outland the plane, so to speak, what really made me just get off the couch and go out and start doing this was, there were so many images like the brother in, in, in um, I want to say Akron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got shot, you know, 90 times or whatever. It was something, mm-hmm. some ridiculous number. Yeah. I just felt so powerless. And so like, it just beats you down after a while. So yeah. I wanted to like, mm-hmm. that was really the police violence problems in America is what really kind of, that was the final straw. Like I, I wanted to do it, but that's what made me have to do it. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think there's a direct link to how we're portrayed in the media and how we're perceived by law enforcement. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, I, yeah. I started the introduction in this book with the anecdote about when I went to get my driver's license about five years ago. Uh, there's an old black lady clerk behind the counter who told me to smile. And I was like, OK, come on. Like, like you know, it's, it's early. Like, I'm not trying to do all that. She's like, yeah. no, if you get pulled over, you want them to see you in this way. And it, it was like a light bulb went off in my mm. head. And I've smiled on every ID picture I've taken since then as a precaution, yeah. because yeah. like you said, other races, when they see us as violent or scary or just a threat, right. Even more so than a human. Mm-hmm. And that means that we're going to take, we're going to face the brunt of whatever force is at their disposal. And yeah. um, so I want to try to change that narrative. I know I can't do it with one book, but if I can at least normalize, if these image of black men smiling can be the proxy for the rest of us, mm-hmm. then that's where this thing needs to be. Because, you know, there's been studies that show yeah. law enforcement do have unconscious bias like the rest of us. But they yeah. have the, the power of, you know, the judicial system and the the uh, uh, system and, and laws like legislation mm-hmm. it is passed around us being, you know, scary. You know, the whole yeah. prison, the prison to uh, the prison pipeline industrial complex. I mean, that's all based upon. Right. Because if you don't normalize that, right, then the public won't get behind it. Right. As long as they feel like you're protecting them from these scary guys, and that means you know you're going to have things like qualified immunity. You're going to yeah. have you know we can march, but no laws will actually get changed because the public will still feel like, well, they are scary people. So you mm-hmm. know they don't get so upset about the police behaving this way. But if we really have to change that, because I think it's a direct connection from the behavior yeah. to how we're perceived by them. Yeah, man, that is so true. How, what, so I want to, what else are you going to do with this, this book? Have you, have you uh, done any, are you going to do some speaking engagements? And, yeah. And, yeah. and what, what does that look like? 
I've gotten uh, so far, like I said, the book's been out about 30 days and I was, I've been very surprised and blessed by the response to it. There's been like a visceral reaction, man. I've had brothers cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, it, I didn't expect, you know, I wanted it to be a success. I wanted it to take off, but I wasn't sure and I wasn't ready for quite how fast it happened. So I've gotten some speaking engagement at schools, at, um, like I said, some some corporations in terms of diversity and inclusion, uh, community centers, libraries. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about those things. But I like to, honestly, one of my big things I want to do, like have the pictures displayed in museums to have like yeah. gallery showings. Yeah, I want to yeah. cover all the bases, like every sector of society, whether it be blue collar, white collar, the arts. Yeah. I just want to make sure this thing. Uh, I realize that now what became just like a passion project, it's gotten a lot bigger than me. Yeah. So I want to do that. I want to honor that and do right by it and just make sure I can spread the message as far as I can. Yeah, this is this is so this is awesome. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. This one was uh, Alfonso. Um, yeah. And um, I see. Uh, I see this one right here and you know and you know i i i, I enjoy this and i i really uh want any anything that you need just let me know because again this is like right up our alley of promoting these positive stories i appreciate um, it thank you yeah and we definitely want to make sure that this, this is a success so we definitely will um anything that we can do but before i wrap up though i want to also so you you took the the photos and wrote the book, right? I did. Yes. Okay. So to walk me through the process of just building the book itself, as far as like the publishing aspect, or yeah, publishing. Did you did you go through a publisher? Or did you no? I self published, and okay. um, I self published because it's really hard once again to to get people to bite on on this idea. I didn't. Mm-hmm. This was such a passion project. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want. I didn't want to hear anyone else's opinion as to why it shouldn't be done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you yeah. know, I wanted to just yeah. get this out here into the world yeah. and bypass the gatekeepers and let the public decide if this was a worthy project or not. But yeah. um, the hardest part is right now, as you know, with the supply chain stuff happening in the world, mm-hmm. the paper shortage. Yeah. But finding a printer was really that was mm-hmm. the most challenging part. It took me about two months yeah. to find out because there's a the paper shortage. There's also an ink shortage. Yeah. So, or I'm sorry, toner shortage. Mm-hmm. So I ran into the issue of people who had paper didn't have toner. People who had toner didn't have paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was like, just, that was a nightmare really. But I was able to find a place out of Indianapolis uh, called Printing Partners. They're really, okay. really good. They have good rates. I would recommend them highly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I just, you know, I'm now, now that I'm entering, I've sold out my first run. Okay. Now that I'm going into my second printing, you know, should an opportunity to partner with a larger printing house open up, I would definitely be open to that. Because yeah. as I get kind of pulled away to these speaking engagements and things like that, there's mm-hmm. just less time to yeah. work with the back office stuff. So, right. you know, right. that's uh, but I did self-publish it and I just I, I just didn't want to have anyone try to change it um, or really say no or kind of. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh yeah, be discouraging. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. You know, yeah, because sometimes, sometimes you, you know, when you go to bigger entities, mm-hmm. well, you know, for lack of a better word, they'll whitewash it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll say, yeah, we like it, but change mm-hmm. this, change this. And I'm thinking we deserve to tell our own stories in our own voice. Yeah. And that's why I just figured out of sleep, out on faith and just do it myself. Yeah. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that I did. Yeah. And you got it done, man. And this is a, this is a, like I said, it's excellent. I encourage everyone to to get a copy 
uh, smile for we. Um, and I see that you also have some uh, some awesome, some yeah. awesome information here too. The smile for we uh, band. I know my my camera is kind of like, uh, but <laughs> there you go. Smile for we right here. Uh, we've got uh, wristbands. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to really. You know, I want to make this. I want to make it cool to celebrate yeah. black men. Yeah. It's simple as that. I want it to be cool. I don't want it to be, you know, considered to be lame or corny or soft. I want celebrating black men to be cool. Yeah. So that's why I came up with the ancillary products. Uh, Cause I just figured, Hey, if you can't pick up a book, you can wear the wristband, can't wear the wristband, put on a shirt. Like I just want this to live with us throughout our day. Yeah. This is awesome, man. Damon, what, what else are you, what else do you have in your head that you might want to work on after this? I know this is, I know you, you're, you're on this right now, but right. what's, what's, what's two and three uh, down the road? Well, you know, I would do more volumes of yeah. Smile for We, you know, like Smile for We volume one, Smile for We volume two. I hope this grows into, uh, I hope it grows into that space, but I also want to, I have some, uh, a feature film project um, and a TV show project that I've been developing um, based upon my life um, and my experiences. Again, having grown up in the Midwest um, here in the inner city, like right now, I actually live on the same street that I grew up on. Yeah. Like not the same neighborhood, the same street. Right. So for me to have, you know, been from Ohio to New York and have traveled the world and end up right back here and my, you know, my neighborhood is being gentrified. So yeah. I feel like, I'm coming back and I'm like, okay, like, why am I here? What is, what is my purpose? You know, it, it must be something for me to do now that I'm back in this place. So I took that concept and um, kind of formed uh, two different scripts, a pilot episode for uh, a TV show and then a feature film idea. So I want to develop those. I want to use this to kind of get the brand out there so that yeah. the kind of work that I do, uh, people know, they know me for, for, for really celebrating black men. So that when you see anything with my name on it, you can expect that to be a central theme in it. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Hey, uh, Mr. Mosley, Damon uh, Mosley. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate the blackmail archives where we capture, curate and promote positive stories, which you are one of, sir. Thank you so much. And we're going to definitely, connect and stay connected and talk more about what we can do because i you know like i said this is this is something that i'm really digging and i think everybody needs to know about this so again thank you sir for your time well i appreciate it and i would like everyone who's watching to please visit smileforwe.com um i kind of go into a longer explanation as to why i did this project and there's even a fax page on the website um for anyone who may have any questions so Awesome, sir. Awesome. Thank Thank you you so much. And we'll follow up again until next time. Thank you. Take care. You too.